what I am finding interesting is that his testosterone spikes in response to this perception. Mm -hmm. That I didn't know. This week, a new study reveals that a man's testosterone spikes if he perceives that his wife is opposing him, whether or not she actually is. What does that mean? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in. Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. (laughs) Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. I always get embarrassed by that introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And today, we are going to use all that knowledge to discuss the role of testosterone uh, when couples argue or fight. Um, so I read this story uh, that talked about a first-of-its-kind study done from a Florida State University doctoral student. Um, the, the student was looking at uh, 50 newlywed couples, uh, so couples who were married for less than three months, and then had them discuss four hot-button issues um, and then measured uh, their hormonal responses to it. Um, what they found was that a man typically experiences a spike. Now, this is the breakthrough here. The man experienced a spike when he thinks his wife is opposing him in some way. Now, previous research suggested that all negative arguments would spike the testosterone, but this one demonstrated that it was about how it was perceived um, and the physiological response was based on perception, not on what was actually being argued. So, does knowing that, does that surprise you at all? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. Um, okay, so here's my explanation as to why it doesn't surprise me. There have been other studies where they have hooked up men and women um, where they're able to read their internal um, responses. And again, they have them arguing. And what they find is that men are more sensitive than women are. Now, Mm -hmm. they're measuring sensitivity. What sensitivity means is at what point do you pick up that a stimulus has occurred. So in other words, um, if somebody is a coffee bean tester, 
they have to have a lot of sensitivity on their tongue to be able to differentiate this is a good bean, this is not a good bean. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sensitivity means that you can really um, differentiate or really tell the variation in a stimulus. Um, So a man is more sensitive. He's going to be more aware of a certain uh, negative stimulus sooner than a woman and is going to react to it. Now, a woman is more emotional, but not as sensitive. So a male will uh, respond sooner if he perceives that what is being said to him is negative. Mm. Okay, so yeah. no, I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, I, what I am finding interesting is that his testosterone spikes in response to this perception. Mm-hmm. That and, I didn't know. Well, you know, the interesting thing that I think is uh, in terms of like what is being conveyed and what is perceived to be conveyed, mm-hmm. I know there's a difference. But oh, as yeah. An, but as an individual, what's the difference? Like your perception of it is your reality of it. That's correct. Right? So it it would make sense that it's not necessarily what you're trying to communicate. It's what they're hearing uh, that would and, – and which like launches your body's response system. So, for example, like the one, one of the first things that I thought about when, when reading this was um, if you were, let's say, um, like – like a prehistoric human and there was a rattle in the bush, mm-hmm. your adrenaline would like go through the roof because right. your perception would be danger. Correct. And then a little bunny rabbit hops out. Correct. <laughs> and there is no that's danger. That's exactly right. That's a very, that's a very good example. Yeah. So it's like this physiological response because you're not quite sure, but that's how you, that's your initial response and perception of it. Let, Correct. Whether or not that's the reality of it. So um, the spike in testosterone is an important physiological response um, because as like the testosterone that we've been talking about makes the husband uh, more aggressive or competitive and that will lead to a you know typically uh, without training to a negative pattern of communication Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of teased it here is this something that you can combat as a man knowing that this is happening I don't think so And that's a scary thing because this all happens very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that it's something that you're aware of. Now, I I don't want to sound like doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. I think that if somebody in general would learn, let's say, the practice of meditation and would go through life being calmer and not as reactive, then even if we go back to your example of hearing the noise in the bush, you wouldn't necessarily jump at it right away. Mm. You would, you know, perhaps be more observant for a moment. So I think that if in general you are a calmer person Uh, and less reactive to situations, then you would not perhaps uh, have this spike and not be as combative. 
But I think for the run-of-the-mill person, we are not like that. And we have to also factor in that there is a portion of the brain called the amygdala, Mm -hmm. which is there to help us survive and is reactive. And so, again, if the man is more sensitive and it is his perception that he is being attacked, then he's going to go into combat mode to protect himself. Mm-hmm. The, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just thinking about this. It's it's really interesting because you're the first thing that you brought up is about how men were more sensitive and mm-hmm. really the way that you are describing uh, a method of combating it is to become I would say less sensitive um in your initial response so that n- everything doesn't immediately pierce you to the core. Um and I guess the second thing that I was thinking about uh, with this is a thing called priming where you can Mm -hmm. prime people to have a response that you want them to have because you basically set it up. It's kind of like, um, since I'm using analogies here, it's kind of like on Halloween when people put out the scary lights and the dark corners and all these things in like a haunted, like they prime you to be scared. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you are in a negative uh, relationship, and you've had this bad cycle of communication, um, you have been primed so that whenever your spouse says something that might not be positive, you immediately, bam, you have that, like that sensitive reaction. And mm-hmm. like, cause, well, first off, you're primed to be more sensitive and then you immediately jump in the testosterone spikes and et cetera. Et cetera. Yes, that's certainly going to contribute to the whole situation and make things much worse. Then, you know, what I often say to people is now you've almost come to an allergic reaction to each other so Mm -hmm. that immediately you have this very quick reaction. So yeah, you're right. That, that is going to make things, um, even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So the testosterone spike, uh, for women happened, um, because, you know, men and women both have, hormones. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, it was just a blip in women in the study. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. however, the, the researcher did mention that their, uh, stress hormones went up, including oxytocin. Now, ironically, the brain is easily confused with hormones as, as far as like what they're supposed to be doing for us. Like I, you know, I mentioned the, the bunny rabbit in the bush kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, modern humans don't need to worry about like, you know, man-eating cats around every corner. So, mm-hmm. um, so when the the testosterone uh, l- for men, it also led to an increased desire for sex. Hence, I think we, this is where like makeup sex probably uh, is at least rooted in partially. Um, now, as a reminder for our listeners, oxytocin for women. Um, well, it's for men too, but for women, they get this spike of oxytocin that is also known as a cuddle hormone. So mm-hmm. do you think makeup sex is kind of a, a, nat- a, a nature's way uh, to recalibrate our hormones and to like calm us back together, like a primal way for us to do this? Okay, I'm I'm gonna take issue with this okay. question. This is okay. my this is by the way, this is I wanna say this is not something that the researchers stipulated. This is like all me on this one. Okay. They just so, measured it. <laughs> okay. So first of all, um, the stress hormone is cortisol. So I don't know whether oxytocin 
is increased during these arguments? I think it might have been a react. Sorry. Um, I think the stress hormones went up and the oxytocin might have come later to calm down. Right. 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 Okay. The second thing is that uh, though I do think that for men, uh, it might have a correlation to the makeup sex um, because for men, it is um, sex is how they connect. It's how they feel like they are getting back and feeling safe again with their mate. But for many women, when a man proposes sex after an argument, um, their reaction, the women's reaction is, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, don't come near me right now. Why would I? Why would I want to like be next to you? And it takes them a while to feel safe again and don't want to be with a man. And then that makes things worse because then the man feels rejected, and then we have to deal with all of that. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to go along with your conclusion of. This is nature's way of recalibrating our hormones. Um, You know, I think that if they wait a couple of hours and then the oxytocin kicks in, uh, the the cuddle hormone, and then they have sex, that that, in fact, might be nature's way of getting us back together again. Mm -hmm. But I think the timing on it is significant because most women are not going to want to have sex right away. Right. No, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Um, Okay. So knowing that the study suggests the perception of communication is more important than the actual intention of it, does this uh, change any of your thoughts on uh, certain communication techniques or or how you would approach arguments or anything like that? Well, not for me because um, one of the skills that I work with with my couples is to tell them to unpack their arguments when they're both calmer, which includes explaining their perception. Mm. Because what I often say is if, you know, three of us are outside and there's an accident and um, a cop comes and takes our um, story about what happened, we're each going to have different versions. And nobody's lying, but that um, it's the result of each of us being three different people and having three different versions. But um, it is our perception that leads us to um, act a certain way. So I don't necessarily think that this changes the technique. I Mm -hmm. think that it's important to recognize that our perception is going to lead us to feel a certain way and then act on it. And it's important that we recognize that we have different perceptions and to uh, explain that to our partner, which would have led us to respond differently to each other. Mm, okay. So really, so your techniques were already there. Um, for me, yes. For you, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I think the important thing to draw from that, though, is knowing that perceptions matter, explaining your perception while you're having these arguments so that you're on the same page and it's not miscommunicated. I think that might be the takeaway there. 
Yeah, yeah. And again, this has to be done when both people are calm and ready to revisit what happened. Because if the emotions are too high, then you're you're still going to be responding or reacting as opposed to being able to look at it with clarity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one one final question I had for you. Um, this is all uh, based on a presumption of a heterosexual couple mm-hmm. where it's a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, does this information change for uh, homosexual couples where it might be two men or two women? Or do you think it still applies just knowing the the hormonal responses are going to be varied depending on the 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 sex Mm -hmm. it's an interesting question and i think that you know if somebody was doing this as a doctoral thesis or a master's thesis at the end they would have to say this study would have to be duplicated with um homosexual couples to see if the results were the same um you know you would have to put that in as a limitation um but in general i think that we could still make a an argument for that perception is extremely important um, as far as what causes arguments. Um, But the uh, specificity as far as the hormonal uh, aspect, I think, again, we don't know. We would have to run the study uh, with homosexual couples. I also think it's interesting, too, because this really drives home the point of how we always discuss when having an argument and and sharing your feelings about using I statements Mm -hmm. so that you're not projecting onto them their feelings, but you're telling Mm -hmm. them your feelings, which Mm -hmm. is, again, your perception of reality. Like, I feel this way. Like, when you do this, I makes Mm -hmm. me feel this way. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyways, it's just really interesting how we are continually getting science to verify what we have theorized in terms of interpersonal communications. So yeah, and, and before you say, do I have a last comment? Yeah. So my last comment is going to be basically a piggyback of what you said. I have often found that when I'm working with couples, if I educate them as to the reality of the differences of the biology in men and women and how that plays out in their behavior, it does really alleviate a lot of the sense of, well, you did this because you don't care about me. Mm. It's not because of um, not being uh, caring or feeling that your partner doesn't matter to you. It truly is a difference in the biology of the two genders. Mm-hmm. That you know what that is a really great. Im- I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that, and it's really important. And I don't know how to shout this loud enough for people to hear, but mental health in general is really tough to convey and for people to understand. I think because it is internal. Whereas mm-hmm. if somebody was walking around. Just as an example, if somebody was walking around with a limp and they weren't the fastest person on the playground, you mm-hmm. would understand, well, yeah, be, like, look, they clearly have a limp and they can't run like everybody else. And so by explaining to women that men are different or vice mm-hmm. versa biologically and what's going on inside, mm-hmm. of yeah, it makes so much sense that they, it, would, it would alleviate some of the concern or worry or at least make them um, – 
little more understanding about why they're responding that way because yes. you are giving them uh, a vision of what's happening on the inside. You're you're allowing them to see something they they can't see that limp, and now they're like, oh, <laughs> your testosterone spikes, my yeah. cortisol spikes. Yeah. So, right, right. There we go. So yeah, yeah, I love it. Um. All right. Well, this was fantastic, Karen. So thank you uh, so much for your time. This is always a pleasure. Well, thank you. And before we go, I want to remind you that we have been, uh, you have been listening to uh, Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find it, keep it, and make it last. You can get this information and much more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find this information at our website, hitchmag.com. And as I recommend every week, uh, I do uh, highly recommend signing up for our newsletter. It is an easy, fast, quick, convenient way to stay up to date on all the latest information we have to share with you. Um, It comes out once a week on Mondays. Um, and signing up takes honestly like 30 seconds. It's a name and an email address and poof, you're ready to go. And, uh, once you do sign up for it, please verify your email and, um, whitelist us so that we don't wind up in the, in a junk mail folder. You know, you never know how these algorithms are going to treat a, an email that might actually talk about sex in a healthy, productive way. So, uh, that's one thing I should mention. Uh, so with that, um, that is going to do it for us until next time. Take care, everybody. Hey, hey, hey.